This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. We'll have two hours of advanced analysis, the X's and O's, headlines around the NBA, and breakdown of your Utah Jazz. Here are your hosts, Zach Harper and Andy Larson, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome everybody into the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. I'm Andy Larson, managing editor of SaltCityHoops.com, the ESPN True Hoop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. Zach Harper joins me as he does every week, most of the weeks during so, the summer. Sometimes. And uh, every week now. Yeah. Uh, you better. <laughs> <laughs> no, now we have stuff to talk about. I'd love, to, I'd love to join every week. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, NationalCBSSports.com columnist for the National Basketball Association. Featured in NBA 2K, uh, yelling at your team, not yelling at your player is my. I haven't. You haven't added me yet. Okay. Uh, I mean, if I if there's any if there's any praise, it, it'll be sarcastic. I can guarantee that. Good. Yeah. I I like. I want you to attack my my guy. Yeah. Prez. No. I if if I I assume this will be the case in like the next generation where they can fit even more stuff into this insane game where I'll actually be able to give my tweets, like give them like I don't know two three hundred examples of of potential tweets, and then I'll just be com- comparing your player. To whatever bad Nick Cage movie I've been watching, yeah. I think that's the, I think that's the next wave for I not like improved AI or anything. I think it's improving my tweets is the next wave so, for this this so game. So is there like a camera in your house so you they know what Nick Cage movie you're watching? What an awful idea that would be. <laughs> I, I think it's nobody wants to see this guy working. <laughs> no. It's not pretty. It's just Boogie eating your hand. Yeah, it's just him type. eating my. I was on a I was on the David Locke podcast. Okay, and uh, and for the first half of it. Boogie was just eating my hand. That's not productive. No, so I'm like trying to answer these, you know, thoughtful questions from David, uh-huh. and and he's this dog is eating my hand, and so then I I was able to like mute myself, throw him in his crate, uh, not actually throw him, but you know, yeah. put him in his crate, yeah. and then have the rest of the podcast go. Good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that worked. Glad we established some behind that. the scenes. Uh, there were some outtakes. I don't know. A lot of outtakes. I'm sure. <laughs> There are a lot of outtakes. My on entire career is an outtake at this point, yeah, so there you it's go. It's fine. Um, anyway, welcome into the Salt City Hoop Show. Andy Larson, Zach Harper, with you. Uh, we, as always, this is a social show. Yeah. We actually have basketball to talk about this week. Real which is stuff. Cool. Uh, the first preseason game for the Jazz is Monday. That's in like three days from now. The Jazz will play a game. Yeah, that's. I guess three days in between now and the next game. That's too soon. It's too. You don't yeah, like it. That's. I don't like it. That's too soon. I'm just now getting back into like the, the idea of like going to practice and stuff. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't do a lot last season as I kind of moved about a month into the season. Right. And, so and I just you know getting getting acclimated or whatever. But um, I like I I don't know. I went to three of the four days this week and I'm exhausted. I can't do a game. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's even here and I can't. And I just feel right. like I can't watch a game on TV. On TV. It's, no, it's, it's too, too much sitting. It, it, it's sports asking, writers' lives are really hard. Yeah, like I feel like I'm the altitude is affecting me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Don't uh, don't let anyone ever tell you that being a sports writer is hard. By the way, it's like, re- it, it's you know you got to watch stuff. You got to think of what to write. These sometimes are easy it has, sometimes not, it has to be correct. No one ever asks you to lift anything. Like, um, 
trying, I don't know. I had to, I was like writing. I was doing a podcast today. I was writing down on a pen and you know with a pen and paper okay. as I was doing the podcast. <laughs> That's a lot. That's My penmanship <laughs> is horrible. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it was a strain to read what I was writing. That's why we, the eye strain is a common problem. Very on, common. On the job Looking for, at a computer all the time. Trainers. Yeah, have a dog bite my hand. That's a lot. Okay, uh, I I didn't realize it was so <laughs> so traumatizing for you. Anyway, we're very excited that the basketball season is here. Love it. Uh, and there's there's people dribbling basketballs in front of us for us to watch sometimes. Yeah, and, free and throws. Mostly answer questions. Right. Yeah, a lot of free throws. A lot of free throws. They're ringing practices. a bell? Yeah, so they ring a bell when they hit 20 free throws in a row, I think oh, it is. Oh, okay. It's either 20 or 25. Dante did it the first day. Yeah, which is apparently the first time he's ever done it. Okay. Uh, which makes sense, you know, as a rookie, like hitting 25 yeah. free throws in Yesterday, a row. Yesterday, I know Marcus Page did it, but someone did it before him. Yeah, so... Maybe Trey Lyles? Uh, Derek Favors did. Oh, it was Derek Favors. Okay. Yeah, and he was asked about it, and there was some question on whether or not oh. it was legit, Uh-oh. which is why Marcus Page then oh. rang it afterwards. So okay. Uh, he said, we, we asked him about it, and he said that that was between him and, and the coaching staff, which wow. doesn't sound like a, a full We've got controversy. We've got controversy early on. Derek Favors, known cheater. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's it's really worrying. <laughs> today, who was it today? Was it Trey Lyles today? Okay, I can't I can't remember who it was, but it doesn't matter. They made some free throws in a row. Yeah, free throws. Remember, Tibor Pleiss won the bell for uh, won the the championship belt for ringing the bell as many times. The and look at him belt. now, European superstar. And now, <laughs> yes, exactly. Greatness is upon him yeah. in his new home. And in, in, is it Turkey, Russia? I don't remember. Where One of those, at. somewhere over there. Anyway. Uh, so we want to talk about Jazz Training Camp, Media Day, what we've learned in practice so far. We've got a bunch of clips from the players and personnel themselves, whether that be Quinn Snyder or Dennis Lindsay. Uh, and then we'll, we'll talk about it and say kind of what we learned and add in extra color yeah. and uh, insight. As always, again, you can ask us questions on Twitter at Andy B. Larson at Talk Hoops. Uh, Riley O. Jazz, we see you. We're going to get to yours in a second. But first, let's play this quote about uh, Gordon Hayward. We, he actually... Dennis Lindsay mentioned Salt City Hoops in this answer, so Whoa. we're, we're going to go ahead and listen to it for sure. Number one, first thing. So big leaps, I, I think how you characterize a big leap, Andy, and how I would characterize a big leap, you know, obviously I read and there was a very appropriate uh, article, I think you, your website uh, uh, wrote about Rodney Hood and what, sh- what we should expect. Certainly, we want to be mindful of analytics and age graphs and improvement graphs. But uh, frankly, we use those uh, at times to challenge our players of, hey, this is how your career arc is looking, you know, but this is what you're going to have to do to break through. We challenge Gordon Hayward, for example, to be like Steve Nash and have a mid to late 20s improvement. And so to do so, you have to really take a look at yourself. That's why we're really proud of Gordon and the summer that he's had. It's been very consistent, and uh, we expect him to be a better player. Okay, so first of all, Dennis didn't say Salt City Hoops, but he said your website. Right. And that that article was actually done by Spencer Wixom, a okay. new Salt City Hoops writer. Yeah. Uh, he's filled in for me. Filled in for you. He's a stellar. Great. Did a great job. Yeah. Uh, and getting a shout-out from Dennis Lindsay is great, right? That's really great. That question, that his answer to that question made... It seemed like that question was a very nerdy and mathy question. Right. And it wasn't. I asked, 
what players got better this summer? <laughs> he was like, well, the analytics and yeah. you guys did a great article. I feel like a, a general manager, um, after speaking to a few of them in over the last an few years. An appropriate article, I Yeah, say. to say that something's an, app- an appropriate article is like the nicest thing they can publicly <laughs> say to you, right? Like, I, I don't know if you have this problem, but I'll, I will actually get calls from front office people sometimes being like, hey, you know this article is terrible and it'll be like one clause in one sentence in the middle <laughs> that was like uh, said that Gordon Hayward had like made too much of a leap between his third and fourth years right yeah. like he was like no and in fact he only got two percent better in his free throws <laughs> and not three percent or something I was like well I once had a PR department I won't say the team but I did a podcast about their questionable front office moves. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards I had a PR person call me and say, Hey, I heard you're about to do a podcast. If you have any questions about this, I said, no, I've already done it. He's like, Oh, well, what did you say? I was like, I have no idea. I was like, I really don't know what I say <laughs> when I, when I talk on the podcast, yeah. I know it wasn't favorable to your, to your organization, news, but give it a listen and let me know. And he's like, you, okay, we'll back? do that. I never heard back, but I know they weren't happy. <laughs> I heard that they weren't happy. I know that. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But I feel like if I didn't hear back, it's all accurate. Here's the thing, though, like, and I—that's why the appropriate word is actually a good one. Like, so it's long very as you're good. fair, yeah, they—they're totally fine. That's with all everything. they ever ask, right? right? Just yeah. be, be fair and right, and yeah, heck, sometimes organizations deserve to get ripped so long as you're you're fair. About this it. one definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, didn't rhyme with a schmackramento schmings. I can't. I can neither confirm a, nor deny any of say. this. Anyway, just just curious. Uh, <laughs> Gordon Hayward having Steve Nash's career arc. Is that, that like that a plausible thing? That was super interesting to me, that idea. Yeah. Um, I actually just wrote about... Well, I wrote about the Rockets and James Harden um, and kind of what James Harden can do under Mike D'Antoni and like basically compared what he's done and a possible leap with what uh, Steve Nash did. Now, there are a lot of factors of why Steve Nash made this leap and, and they're very different from what James Harden is going through. But it was essentially like... By the way, like Steve Nash got great at age 29 Mm -hmm. right like i do think there are these situations where guys can get put in where uh the team gets better around them or the system gets better or whatever it is and they just make this leap that you can't really um expect or even define necessarily in the in the moment and i gordon hayward is the type of player where i could see that definitely happening not not just because he's white and steve nash is white yeah i I like but I think Nash had so much of that boost because of the uh, new freedom he got from Mike D'Antoni. And the new and rules, his right? And yeah. the new rules. Yeah. New teammates. I mean, Amari Stoudemire was a great pick-and-roll yeah. mate Sean Marion was John fantastic. Mann. They had shooters all around. Yeah. Joe Johnson Joe, was on there. Great point. Young like, Joe Johnson. Yeah. I mean, so you have uh, you put better talent around him, and all of a sudden he picks up crazy amounts of assists yeah. and has more space to operate and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Obviously, Gordon Hayward's on the same team as he was last year yeah but this team is a lot better right that's that's true yeah yeah so maybe we do see that kind of associated rise but that's interesting that they said look there are players who are have continued to improve we believe you can be even better than you currently are even though he was a 19.7 points per game five rebounds four assists kind of guy last year those are good stats right but um in terms of like i think you could even expect him to put up worse stats mm-hmm. and have a bigger impact right yeah like that's kind of the goal here right i mean because you don't want to play him 36 minutes a game this yeah year. you you would hopefully like get him out of there at 30 31 minutes preserve right. him a lot more on nights blow teams out exactly. not get into these tough situations where maybe you fail like i mean that's kind of obviously hey by the way nba teams want to play well enough to where they don't have to worry about the end of the game right like there's some yeah. breaking news for you uh but it, like this team could seriously be in a position to afford that to the star players every night right uh, Dante Exum's back. 
Yeah. He's someone we, we haven't seen him in a basketball game yeah. in 15 months since I, I looked this up. It was July 6th or something like that. Wow. It's uh, a long of 2015, time. Yeah. right? And it's September, whatever it is, of 29th of 2016. Yeah. Now. So it's been a long time since we've seen Dante X in a game. It's been a long time since we've seen him do really basketball things. Yeah. And that, that to me is why I'm most excited for the Jazz's first preseason game on Monday night is to see what he does. Uh, it's interesting. I'll be curious to see where his game is. And I kind of tried to ask him some questions to get into, like, you know, your weaknesses, your rookie year, do you still have those? Or what kind of player are you now? I asked him about how often he got into the paint and his shot. Let's, let's play those quotes. You know, uh, definitely I got into paint you know, multiple times this session during the scrimmages, and I, I plan to. And, um, you know, the biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, once I get in the paint, it's trying to finish. And, you know, once I get knocked down, it's get back up and, you know, getting that confidence to, you know, keep doing it. You know, it, it's feeling good. Um, you know, it's just trying to get that arc and, you know, stop missing short. That's probably my biggest problem. But, um, you know, Dennis Lindsay's talked to me a lot about, you know, preparing to, um, for the shot before it comes so just being on the you know if I'm in the corner and the ball's on the opposite side being ready and down to you know um you know shoot the ball once it comes so and uh, once I've done that it's been a high percentage but it's about doing that consistently I think that's a super interesting point that Dennis Lindsay has passed on to him and it's something that sounds simple but so many guys don't do you look at all the great shooters in the NBA not saying Dante Exum is going to be a great shooter they're always ready to fire immediately mm-hmm. right like as soon as the pass is coming even if they're on the move they're always in a they're always in a body position to have the ball hopefully near their shooting pocket and rise and fire with as little movement as possible unless you're Kevin Martin then you have all the movement in the world right <laughs> but that's the and it's just that preparation for each pass you receive it does make a huge difference. Yeah, and and maybe that's part of if you're if you're short on your shots, if you're not having time to get a full wind up through, right. you know, and maybe if you're ready to go, you're low, you've got you've got your knees set and you're ready to go. That gives you the time you need to actually get it all the way over the rim, not yeah. not finishing short like like Dante said. Um, the the paint penetration thing was interesting too because he was so bad at that his rookie season. Yeah. He really was afraid to go inside because quite frankly he couldn't finish inside right uh he could pass well once he got in there it was just uh, either turned over the ball once he was there or just took a wild shot that didn't work out um sounds like Ricky Rubio yeah I mean that's that's stuff he still suffers from right you know and and I don't know if he'll you hope that Dante has more athleticism to be able to right I would imagine he does (laughs) yeah than than little Ricky Rubio uh but he probably doesn't have the skill of Ricky Rubio at this point, right? Of yeah, I would imagine. I mean, I would imagine not. Like it, it sounds like from at least the first day, like Dante did really well. Yeah. That's... Aside from finishing, like things I heard, like Dante, Dante looked great. Good. And and that's you know there were problems finishing still, uh, which is just going to be a timing thing or a confidence thing or I don't know what it, I don't know what that is. I don't think it's it's knee related. I think it's just a feel for the game that you have to kind of develop yeah um, quite frankly it's playing it against good. big opponents for the first right time yeah career, exactly right like because playing uh, against in australian high school yeah people taking a whole year off playing a rookie season where he didn't do it at all quite frankly right. and then last year taking all of that off yeah he hasn't had experience against like very tall 610 people and it sounds like he's going against Derek favors and rudy gobert in the like at least yeah. in these scrimmages right i mean that's those are that's two pretty pretty good defenders right <laughs> 
Uh, it's better than like going after. I mean, who's the best paint defender he played in, in uh, against in high school, right? Like it's it's not somebody a, our size. Like I mean, have you seen the the yeah. footage? Like there wasn't a lot of size in those high schools. Right. We would we would be great defenders. Oh my again. god, we'd be power forwards. Yeah. <laughs> We're not big people. No. Uh, we we learned that on media day. Yeah, we can't, very we can't much. Be res- responsible for anything. No. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how Don Texan does. Joe Johnson, new addition to the team, uh, former Phoenix Sun. Yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting. A couple of things. One, there was a question of whether or not he would start, right? And he started every game in his career since literally 2003. Yeah. Which is 13 years of starting every single game, right? Like, that, that's incredible. But it doesn't seem like that'll happen this year. It seems like they, they told him before he signed that, look, you're you're not here to be a star. You're not yeah. here to be a starter. I'm sure in if fact, an injury happens, he expects to maybe slide into that role. But right. he knows going in, if this team is healthy, he's not starting. In fact, let's have Joe Johnson say those words I said instead of me. <laughs> that was brought to me prior you know, to me uh, committing to the Jazz. So I understood everything that was you know, possible of happening. Uh, I'm not... I didn't come here trying to be a star or starter. Uh, you know, me and Coach Schneider, we talk from time to time, texts, phone calls. Uh, he understands where I'm at, and I understand what he wants from me, you know, as a player, and that's to help these young guys, guys such as Rodney and Gordon, uh, you know, tell them about some of the things that I've been through and help them out throughout their experiences. It sounds like you plagiarized him just now. Yeah, is I that... did. I mean, I shouldn't put the actual <laughs> quote on the show plan is what we've learned. We can be surprised every time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, so clearly doesn't yeah. doesn't have. I don't know if he doesn't have an interest in starting, but right. it's not his thing. It's not his expectation. And it's interesting and a little bit crazy that he signed here, even though they told him, "Look, you're signing. We're going to give you two years, twenty million. That's yeah. going to be a below market contract." Quite frankly, look, I mean, and this you're was, not going to start. Yeah, and this, he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to go to Utah." Right. I mean, that this <laughs> How is did a that guy. Work out? This is a guy that didn't go to the Cleveland Cavaliers last year, would have gotten a ring, presumably, assuming everything exists in a vacuum, right? Like, yeah, like janitors a, are getting a ring. Right, exactly. Janitors are getting rings. Um, but, you know, didn't go to Cleveland because he wanted a bigger role and he wanted more shots. So that's right. why he went to Miami. So then to take that and, and not seek out a starting position, which I think he could have gotten somewhere. Yeah. And to, and to willingly go into a reserve role. And like, we talked about this after he signed, and I've, I, drone on and on about this all the time but like this guy's stupid talented right like yeah. he's so good and because he has a great agent and and hawks ownership is bad at negotiating he got this monstrous contract that we judge him on mm-hmm. and maybe that's fair because that comes with the territory of making a lot of money right but like this guy was still a perennial all-star still a fantastic player so to move that into a sixth seventh man role that I mean, that's just maximizing value right there. It's crazy how how much we do that as as fans and analysts to look at the contract before we look at the play. Right, you know, like the guy hasn't changed he's based the same on player, how much right. he's, he's getting paid. Yeah. You know, like Andre Kirilenko. I like I don't know. It for most guys, it just doesn't change. Now for Hassan Whiteside this year, it's possible that like he just quits and like <laughs> doesn't try at all. It's just making that money is guaranteed. Right, really is a bum, but. Uh, for most guys, they're the same guys before and after the contract. It's yeah. just like how we view them is is such a different, such a different thing. Yeah, and it just like it seems like he wants to teach. It mm-hmm. seems like he wants to be that that influence. Quinn's glowing about him after I, you know a couple of practices. Or should I let Joe do this one? I I say say it and then let him say it, and we'll see who we'll see who delivered it better. This is uh, Quinn talking about Joe Johnson. Joe's presence. Um, you know, it, it, although understated, can't can't be overstated. 
because his, uh, you know, just his strength and even the way he plays with such poise is something that you don't really have a feel for until you get out on the court with a guy. And uh, I think our players feel that too. That was in response to a question, by the way, uh, where he asked who's been doing well in training camp so far. Yeah. And he named Gordon Hayward, Rudy Gobert, George Hill, and Joe Johnson. Yeah. And, uh, and it's kind of cool that Rodney Hood was like a huge Joe Johnson fan, right? Yeah. Like he, that You can tell like that teaching will mean more to him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If that's like the first guy you have a photo with, like your first NBA player that you meet yeah. and then you get to play with him later. I think mine was Jim Less. I think I got a photo with him. Don't. <laughs> I know I met Wayman Tisdale, rest in peace, in a Toys R Us when I was like five. Jim Less is a running joke on, on Salt City Hoops, by the way. Okay. Uh, That's great. Our guy, our Jimbo's mailbags we do every Friday. Okay. Jimbo hates Jim Less with wow. the passion of a, a, a I'm, I'm thousand sons. I'm indifferent to Jim Less, but I know he was very nice to me when I met him as a child. Well, don't tell Jimbo that because okay. uh, he's not going to be pleased. Well, he's going to be very upset when he listens to this. <laughs> uh, before we go to break, let's answer Riley O'Brien's question yeah. where he asks, what's more likely to happen this year? Gordon Hayward or Derek Favors make the all-star team or the Jazz advance in the playoffs? Jazz advance in the playoffs for me. I think it's a lock. You think it's a <laughs> lock? I went on my podcast today. I was doing our over-under stuff. We do an over-under pod every okay. year with Matt Moore. And I gave out my prediction for the Jazz. I did have to cut off two wins from our prediction on here. Uh-huh. But I said 54 wins. And he was like, I'm going to have to hose you down. Like, this is crazy. And I just kept yelling back at him, show me the weaknesses. Like, show me the weaknesses of this team. Yeah. So I think they're like a 50-plus win team. I think they're going to get to at least the second round. Okay. I'm all in on this but you don't team. think, But you're all in, but you don't think anybody makes the All-Star game. I don't know. I mean, Damian Lillard didn't make the all Like, the West is right. just hard to predict, like, these kind of second or third-tier All-Stars, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, I, I mean, I, would, I feel better about them advancing the playoffs than I do about one of these guys getting enough recognition. See, and I, I might go the other way. I think the Jazz will do early, especially, again, around All-Star voting time in December when they have so many home games, that one of Derek or, or Gordon is going to get yeah. that recognition. I mean, if I had to put my money on it, I'd bet Conference. on both to happen. Not at the top, but near the top of the Western You're Conference. picking them above the Warriors. <laughs> this is a hot take going into the break. Yeah, I just, you know, we'll see. It's <laughs> the surprise of the NBA. Who's the 73? <laughs> Watch out. Yeah, Jazz going not, for 74, dare I say? I'm not going that far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's going to be a little bit difficult. No, I, I I think that's a fair point. Who do you um, think has a better chance, Derek or Gordon? I would get I would guess Gordon. I would go right? Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also think Derek's just not going to put up the stats to do. He's just it. not flashy enough, right? right? Like the part of that, like. And a lot of this is like, does he impress the coaches? Coaches are going to be impressed by him, but if they have to pick between one or the other, they're game planning for for Gordon Hayward more than they are Derek Favors. Are they planning for game planning for Rudy Gobert more than either of the other two? Like just in I, terms of uniqueness I don't think of so. skill set? I, I think because Gordon can play both ways and he's he is okay. such a focal point. I think I problem. think you go with that offensive focal point first. Okay, no, that yeah. makes sense. Uh, I was reading the Vegas odds today about the chances the Jazz win the Northwest Division. Yeah, thirteen to five odds against the Thunder and uh, obviously the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, are, I mean, are one and two. The actually. Wolves and Nuggets won't be in that right. conversation, right? Unless something absolutely insane happens. Right. Um, Portland, I think, regresses a little bit, uh, or it or just stays the same because they were, other than like the month of February, they were such a bad defensive team last year. Yeah, like it was kind of random that they just got good and got the the five seed. Um, and I don't think the West will be as down this year. And uh, the Thunder, like I could see the Thunder winning 50 games. Um, I could also see it looking a lot like when Russ was trying to pull them into the playoffs without Kevin Durant a couple of years ago, right? Like it, it could be pretty awkward. I, I'm high on hard. this Thunder team, but um, but I do think there is 
a lot of wiggle room with I, them. I think Westbrook has more to prove than he did that season, and yeah. maybe that means he plays defense. Hopefully. I mean, he and Victor Oladipo could be a fantastic defensive combination yeah. if Russ plays defense. Russ hasn't played defense in two years. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a fair point. All right. We got to take a break. On the other side, we're going to go more more info from Jazz training camp this week. Alec Burks health, the Jazz defensive rebounding. Uh, heck, maybe the Jazz even doing transition stuff. Oh, like, you mean defense, not offense. N- I mean offense. That's, I mean, they're going to like run sometimes. They're just flat out lying to us in these they, availabilities. They might be. Who knows what's going to happen? All that. And more next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. The home of the best Utah jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. We are the very best breakdown of the jazz and the NBA. Right? Yeah, well, I don't know. David Locke's pretty good. Both of us keep two oh, tabs open. Two of us combined. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, we're yeah we're a superpower. At least we're at least what Derrick Rose thinks the Knicks are. Oh yeah, I don't know, actually that was that that was a horrible thing for me to say. <laughs> that was the meanest thing I've ever said about us. <laughs> yeah, I'm like eh, you said that like a compliment, but the words not exactly. Yeah, I it, all up, it sounded much worse coming out of my mouth than it did in my head. Stephen Lindsay, one of the guys who uh, subbed for you, I don't know, a few weeks ago, yeah. has a take that he thinks Brandon Jennings will start over Derrick Rose. Uh, wouldn't shock me if he starts more games. The All-Star game. If he starts more games, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, like, do we think Brandon Jennings might be better? Like, No, well, I don't know. I guess I got to see him in a full year after, no, that, okay. after that Achilles. Yeah. Um, he was playing... He was playing better than Derrick Rose before the Achilles injury. Right. Yeah. Maybe. I, I think that's. I think it's possible. Our guy Giorgio Spanias from Greece listens at four a.m. Yeah. And my we, guy, we're gonna answer his question so he can go to bed. Uh, just go to <laughs> poor Giorgios. Just the next day, this is available. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, that he likes it live and he gets his questions. I asked, guess so, I yeah. get it. All right. Uh, he asks, are there any Jazz players that can win any season awards, Six Man Defense Player of the Year, etc.? I would first tell your jokes to go to saltcityhoops.com because Ooh. we actually had five members of our staff answer that question for each of those categories. Okay. So check that out. Check out what they said before you, or I guess, after you listen to what we yeah, say. Yeah, because you're listening now. You're listening now. Right. Uh, We're not going to pause the show. I mean, right. I mean, Joe Johnson could win sixth man, right? Uh, Trey Lyles maybe could. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Trey Lyles I probably won't it. get the the minutes, right, or the usage. But yeah, like I could see Joe Johnson or even Boris Dio in the mix for that Boris. yeah oh yeah uh, like if Boris puts up to... if Boris puts up like 11 5 and 5 like I which I think he could do do you think Quinn plays more Boris than Trey yeah I I think he does early in the season and then goes to Trey later. I think we're gonna see a lot of Boris and favors okay yeah that's interesting because those are the like that's the only combination that hasn't played together right Obviously, you've got Boris and right. Rudy have played together with France, right. but then Trey was on this team last year and they yeah. did stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I think we're going to see a lot of that. Okay. Uh, obviously, Rudy, great chance at Defensive Player of the Year. This should be one mm-hmm. of the top defenses in the league. He will be a great rim protector. Um, doesn't necessarily have to block shots in order to win it. Tyson Chandler and Marcus Gasol have proven that. So, yep. uh, you know, he should be as as high as anyone not named Kawhi Leonard or Draymond Green. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I I think you're absolutely spot on with that. Most improved player may be hard. I mean, if Rodney, Rodney Hood takes yeah, like a it's big it's leap. usually like a year behind though, right? Right. Um, usually, like when Ryan Anderson won it, he actually had improved this amount like the year before. Yeah. 
Um, I don't maybe like if Dante is good right away and can play. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe he can be in the mix for that, but probably won't score enough. Yeah, I don't see he gets the minutes either, right? Like, yeah. So, anyway, that's that's your answer. Go check out the article on Salsa Hoops. So, all right, we've got more quotes from Jazz training camp. Oh, what about this, Dennis Lindsay, as executive, executive of the year? year? Uh, in a year where another team signed Kevin Durant. Bob Myers has gotten it right. Yeah, but I mean. How does how what's, when how this does voting work on executive of the year? They they vote. The executives, the executives vote. vote. Yeah. So Dennis Lindsay's respected. Bit yeah. yeah, they might be annoyed. They might not like the the imbalance that right. is provided to the league if and, the Jazz and all the bravado, quite frankly, and the bravado. And if the Jazz are as successful as I've stupidly been saying, <laughs> <laughs> why not? It's only going to end in on hardship. Right. I'm just crying. Maybe the surprise of Jazz training camp was when we heard about Alec Brooks's health. And in fact, he's not participating in contact drills during right. practice. That was a huge surprise to me. Uh, uh, he went, underwent surgery on his left knee and ankle on June 7th. Okay. So that was four months ago, right? If I'm Ish. doing the math right? Three, Three and, a half. and a half, yeah. So, and in that uh, press release, they said Alec Brooks will be ready for training camp. Right. And I assume ready means contact practice you know <laughs> scrimmaging stuff not like, like that. he'll talk at media day <laughs> right and actually i i did request him today at practice too and jazz pr said no okay so he's at like that level of injury right. at least that level of jazz pr wants to protect and him i so. don't know well maybe this isn't fair but from since i've been here like jazz notoriously cautious with how they bring guys back so is that really a surprise like obviously dante they said he's not playing last right. season right um favors seem to come back long you know after it was assumed but that might just be a poor assumption in the first place yeah i, I go bear to to an extent like not like significantly but go bears was like pretty average for a sprained mcl right grade two or whatever it yeah. is uh derek was just like so day-to-day i was like if his back doesn't hurt right he can play and it just hurt every day <laughs> like, yeah no, yeah that's, that's just fair. A thing uh, but honestly, at like the end of the season when Derek was injured, he was he was hobbling pretty yeah, badly he was and was not still moving playing. Well. Right. So there's some of that. Alec Burks coming back, I think he was hobbling a little bit. I don't yeah. think he was at 100. percent I he mean, he said he said that he wasn't moving, like he didn't have that that movement that he expected. Right. So I think I I think they are situationally, and I think this yeah. is one situation where you know you can afford. I also don't think that's a bad thing. Like it's right. not a a negative to say that. I would rather a team be overly cautious than like. You know, reckless. Right, exactly. Like the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to name names. Yeah, to be fair, they are sharing a medical staff with the New Orleans Saints. You'd think they'd be... Off, lots awful of, idea? I don't know. They have lots of practice at treating injuries because everyone so. plays... I guess so. Not for the same sport, which I imagine there's got to be some kind of difference there. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> Football equals basketball. <laughs> uh, no. Anyway... Alec Burks, uh, so we asked Quinn, basically, it was funny, Aaron Falk asked, like, hey, so Alec Burks is feeling better, right? And <laughs> Quinn was like, well, not so fast. Let's hear how, let's hear how Quinn worded it. He's making really good progress. And, you know, we're doing the same thing with Alec as we did with Dante. I think Dennis had a really good um, way of putting it where, you know, we're going to honor 12 months, you know, 12 years. Our focus is going to be on 12 years as opposed to 12 months. And I think the same thing. It's true with Alec. We just want to get him where he's comfortable and confident, and now's the right time to do that. But he's going through everything that we're doing, except he's not involved in the context. Yet. And, um, you know, so I feel like he's getting more comfortable with where, and it's going to be the same thing. He's going to have to 
dust it off and, and um, get his timing back and get his habits back. But really, everybody's kind of in the same place with the habits. Yeah, so Alec Burke's not healthy. Yeah. Uh, they're taking. They're being cautious with him, to be sure. Uh, but well, I it, guess it's this is maybe unfair to to guess. But you think he'll be ready by the start of the season? So I kind of think no. That was next quote is like, will he be doing contact by the beginning of the season? And and Quinn was like, I would I would think so. Yeah. But then contact is not the same as playing in games, right? Right. Like exactly. You obviously, want to have him scrimmage and stuff before then. So. Yeah, I, I I don't know, which is weird because we still don't even know what the injury is. Uh, Quinn confirmed the next day that it was his knee. Yeah. So, but then what is you know what is the knee injury? Is it a sprain? Is it a torn MCL? I mean, it's or not, is it just but... right? Or is it just coming back from the surgery? Like it's just not ready. Yeah, but okay. So then, why do you have surgery though? Because the to initial... clean it up. Clean what? You know, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, clean what up? Is it is it a yeah. kneecap thing? I like look. I'm not a doctor. I I don't know the difference between any of these things. But right. it is weird that we have gotten so little information about it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, and a little bit worrying for someone with Alec Burks's injury history. Yeah, I mean, especially a guy who kind of relies on explosiveness. Yeah, you know, if he's not explosive and he's struggling to get that back, you know, that's concerning. At yeah. least in his role. Luckily, they have the depth to deal with it. But, right. um, but if other guys go down. That's concerning. Yes. Uh, you had a great... So Quinn talked about Jazz defensive rebounding, and then you kind of follow up, followed up with him. That was actually not a problem for the Jazz last year. They were seventh best in the league, I think, right. in terms of... Which was surprising to me rebounding. that he was like, this is something we need to improve upon. But the deal was, in the clutch, they became the third worst team in the league. Right. Um, 28th best. So that obviously, that's a big drop-off. And, like, I, I've been having conversations with Quinn actually kind of all summer long at, like, Gordon Hayward's tennis thing and, like, uh, uh, trying to figure out this clutch problem, right? Like, right. why the Jazz were so bad defensively in the clutch. And it all, uh, part of it came down to, well, you know, we got stops, but then we couldn't finish the possessions out with right. defensive rebounds. Um, and so both him and I have looked at this and looked at every rebound, every play of those minutes and trying to figure out what's going on. And I think that's where this comes from. Uh, so let's go ahead and play the quote from him, and, and we'll talk about about. It's less about rotations. Is it? it um, you know, like first of all, it's a, awareness and urgency, like on a free throw line. Um, there's other times when our bigs are, you know, staying connected to a man or coming over without needing to. Um, our guards got to, You know, I think the, the, our smalls rebounding better. We've had some guys. You know, Gordon's been a good rebounder. Collectively, we've got to be good rebounders. They've just got to pursue the ball more. Um, and then some of the communication that goes um, with the system, you know, whether we're switching, when we switch, are we rebounding? Because assignments change a little bit. So it's a little bit of everything, um, but I'd like to see it become even more of a strength. Yeah, so, I mean, basically what I had asked him was, because he had talked about we need to be more connected on defense, right? Mm-hmm. And so I asked, this was after him saying we need to be a better defensive rebounding team. So I asked him, you know, does that le- you know lack of connectivity at times on defense lead to misrotations or just being out of rebounding position? And that's that's where his his answer stemmed from. Which I I thought was interesting that the free throw line was such a because you just you kind of take that for granted like just defensive rebounding yeah. on missed free throws, but it it can be. A, I mean, and that's a huge problem. Like the just extending possessions that you assume are are over. Right, and that did cost the Jazz at least two games I can remember last yeah. year. The Boston game away, and You're I right. think. Was it? Uh, it may actually Golden State at home too. I think there was one of those. Plays Maybe that was dream on. Was that that dream on rebound? Or no, that was that a missed was, shot. That was a missed shot. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, I mean, 
So obviously those are backbreakers because you know ninety five percent of the time, literally you, by the stats, right. that's a defensive rebound, yep. and when it's not, all of a sudden you lose the game. Yep. And you know that's if you win one more game, then you're in the playoffs and right. the whole the whole thing. Uh, all right, we got to take a break. On the other side, more stuff from Jazz training camp, uh, the transition stuff. What Rudy Gobert is playing well. Uh, veteran cheats. Ooh. Joe Johnson's teaching Rudy and uh, sorry Rodney how to cheat. So that's that's. that's 56 wins not, for sure. Right. If you're not cheating, you're not trying? Is that the, the old yeah, adage? That's why they, I mean, they haven't been trying yet. You have to cheat. Got to cheat. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> that's why they have cheat codes in video games. Do they still have cheat I codes in know. video games? I don't know. I'm just I'm picturing stopped, the game Maybe genie. they stopped trying with video games years ago. Right. Exactly. Anyway, we got to take a break. All that stuff next on the Salsa Hoop Show on ESPN 700. Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700. Uh, again, Jazz training camp is here. We finally have basketball to talk about. Jazz's first preseason game is Monday. Yeah. Uh, despite what you may think, it's not football season. It's basketball season. Right. Or both. Actually, those are the same sports as <laughs> what the Pelicans think. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> At least their medical team. <laughs> Isn't like their general manager also like have trade the Saints general manager have the some owner involvement? the owner owns them both. Well, but that's that's fair, right? Like that's fine. I guess so. But uh, I don't know. I mean, the Saints aren't very good anymore. To explain it, if Dell Demps is making moves for them too. I mean, neither yeah, neither are the Pelicans. Right. So. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, uh, let's keep going through this list of uh, jazz training camp quotes that we've got, things we've learned so far from the first week of training camp. Uh, first of all, this one doesn't have a quote with it, but I found it really interesting that the jazz are doing a lot of drills with 14-second shot clocks. Yeah. Um, Quinn said, first of all, they wanted to be better in transition this year and kind of drilling it makes sense, right? Uh, and honestly, like having better point guards is going to make so much difference there, right? Like George Hill right. at pushing the ball up the court is a whole lot better at it than Trey Burke is and, and Howell Neto and so right, on for and so sure. forth. Uh, but I also thought it was interesting that he thought it was a really good way of players to learn how to play with each other. Like if you kind of put them in situations where they have to shoot quickly, uh, there's less like hesitation in terms of who should be shooting, where do I right. fit in in this offense. And this of isn't like a Houston Rockets of last year where they're just firing up whatever shots they get. Like you're trying to get quality shots right. here in this in this scenario. You would hope. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess in theory. <laughs> we, do, we don't know for sure, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the, uh, he mentioned something about, Quinn mentioned something about like pick and roll early in transition. Yeah. Um, as a way to kind of speed things up, get ma- matchup advantages. I, I'm all for teams pushing it, trying to get those matchup advantages, even if they don't get a shot out of it. And then you go into the half court offense with, a set, you know, in theory, those advantages. Yeah. I mean, my question is on, on that one, whether or not the big men, the screeners can get up in transition fast enough to yeah but i think but i think like gordon's a big guy like if rodney hood is pushing in transition and gordon's there gordon can set a screen now you've got a two three pick and roll okay and two guys were very good at that like i think that can be devastating yeah absolutely cool okay i mean mean, at least that's it makes sense to me dante's six six dante's six six it's kind of skinny still. I mean, he's not, I don't not know. skinny. You, can, not skinny you don't really have to be set to set a screen e- anyway. That's. A, I mean, by the rule you do, but yeah, they they kind of look the other way on that. So <laughs> you just got to be in the. It's like it's like turning a double play in baseball. You just kind of have to be near the bag, and yeah. they and they count it out. Like you just got to be near the guy, and you can pretty much set a screen. Uh, 
I mentioned earlier that I asked who's been playing well during this training camp, and Rudy Gobert was another person that Quinn Snyder mentioned. Let's hear what he had to say about Rudy. I think Rudy's found a little groove as far as, you know, being focused on doing the things that, that he can do to be successful. And uh, he's made some plays that has been really efficient on offense, and he's, you know, he's the same, same old self defensively, but I've liked what, what I've seen from him. It's interesting that he, again, was that was the second player he named of guys who were playing well. And then he said, well, he's been efficient on offense and has been the same defensively. Like, yeah. those aren't jump out of the gym sort of, those aren't, those don't leap off the page, I right. guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, that, you know, he dunked it like he always did and he's good at defense like he always was. But I think maybe we're seeing him do those things better than he did last year. You know, like he had problems catching the ball last year in, in traffic. He had, I think, he struggled rolling to the hoop because of the injury. Yeah. Uh, and you know, maybe it, that changes based on how teams play him. But it's it's encouraging to hear that he's been encouraging to Quinn Snyder so far. Yeah, and if you can just get him giving you any kind of threat offensively, it makes his defense that much more important, right? Right. So, I mean, if, if he's rolling to the basket or posting up or whatever, or is just more confident, you know, within that, you know, kind of elbow area with the ball, it doesn't mean he has to, like, take someone off the dribble and go or he has to shoot a jumper just so where he's not um, either rushing to get rid of the ball or he's more confident in moving the ball. Like, though, all those things just add up. I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but he talked a little bit about having Rudy more out of the post than in years past. Yeah. And... You know, not so he's a post scorer, but so he is a playmaker out of the post. And then the Jazz won't have the spacing issues elsewhere on the court, right? Right, Where exactly. You have Mason Plumley dropping off 15 feet. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that works out. Uh, we spoke to Trey Lyles today, and Trey Lyles is a terrible interview. Sorry, <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to say how it is. Um, Which is weird because he has a good personality, yeah, right? Like, like he does the SB Nation videos where like he does an impersonation of uh, John Calipari, and it's right. great. Yeah, it's great. But then, like, you ask him any any sort of questions in a huddle like that, and it's like Ooh, it's five cliche time. Yeah, and it's yeah cliche time, and it, it's it's bad. Like, yeah, it's real Trey, bad. Hey, we know you're we know you're inside there. Just be better. Open up to us. We want to like you we're not gonna buy well that's not true we're the media we'll probably throw him under the bus at some point yeah but until we do we'll like you yeah that's the thing like right now we're throwing you under the bus right this is your fault yeah <laughs> so if you want us to exactly if you want us to stop for a second throwing you under the bus right may still do it later but you know time being almost 100 percent, we will yeah yeah but no one's going through their whole career not getting thrown under the bus. But for like a year, we can be nice. A uh, couple months. Okay. Till he misses a shot. Well, <laughs> for the next couple months, Trey, we'll be nice if you give us good answers. Please. Deal? Yeah. This is the best quote from when we spoke to him today. Defensive side, they just wanted me to, you know, become better, more mindful of it, and that's what I did. And, of course, during the offseason, uh, working out and training, I got faster and stronger, of course. That comes with age, too, so. Look at that quote. He got faster and stronger. Yeah, it worked out. They they wanted me, and that comes with age. The question was so like, so he so he is aging. We got confirmation that he's getting older. <laughs> Thanks. So that's good. <laughs> Thanks, Trey. <laughs> uh, like the question was like, hey, did the Jazz coaches coaching staff ask you to get better defensively, and did they want you to be bigger? Did they want yeah. you to be stronger? And he was like, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, they told me to care about it, and I care now, right. whereas I didn't before. <laughs> and I also got faster and stronger because I'm just amazing, of course. Hopefully, someone taught him how to cheat. Maybe that. Maybe he's got cheat codes. Let's hope so. Because we don't. <laughs> Speaking of cheat codes, I thought Joe Johnson's answer on what he can bring to the Jazz was really interesting. These 
quote-unquote cheats that he talks about uh, to, to teach Rodney Hood and, and the rest of the team. Let's hear that quote. Oh, we don't have that one. Oh, we don't have that one set up. I'll have to paraphrase uh -oh. Joe Johnson. Oh, here we go again. Basically, Joe Johnson said that he that's one of the biggest things he can bring to the Jazz Yeah, is the quote-unquote cheats uh, that you know like holding players jerseys like right. how to react when a player is being physical with you on the offensive end those sort of things uh the honestly i think the jazz don't have because they've had play seven years or younger right it's been a lot of inexperience right like that was kind of the thing about um kevin garnett's career and i know we'll talk about kevin garnett later but uh when kg was young and he's going against an older carl malone carl malone is trying to you know, use every little veteran advantage. He's grabbing shorts. He's elbowing him when he shouldn't. He's putting his knee in the back of his leg, like all this stuff to, to get these advantages. KG eventually learns how to do that stuff. He does it against guys like Blake Griffin as they, you know, as he's a much older player and yeah. they're the young guys in the NBA. Like that's just the stuff you kind of learn. And you can look at that as, as cheating. And uh, you it know, it, it's only cheating if, you get caught or you don't get caught. It's still cheating either way. It's still way. cheating either way. Well, whatever. <laughs> I disagree with that you phrase. Got, you got to do it, right? Like, that's that's just how the NBA is. Yeah, I'm pro-cheating. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. I, uh, Cheat like, as much as you can with any kind of competition. Like, I, you know, as, as a ref guy, I want the refs to catch the cheating. I played as, Candyland with my nieces. You're cheating? And they cheated oh, they like cheat. you wouldn't believe because they're four and five and they wouldn't, like, just follow the rules. So then I started cheating. And then my sister got mad at me. And I'm like, if they get to cheat, then I might as well cheat. And then if I cheat, I'm going to win. Were your cheats and better than their cheats? Of course they were. They're four and five. <laughs> I'm in my 30s. <laughs> well, I mean, should be winning Candyland oh, without I the cheats. Dominated. <laughs> dominated those little girls. Candyland is not a skill game. No, very much not. <laughs> no. It's a look over there. Oh, I pulled the card I need. Uh, Candyland. Talk. I did set them up, too, to where it was like, Hey, should I go here? And they're like, Yeah, go there. And, and then I, you know, I got their approval. And then I'm I'm getting it confused with shoots and ladders too, which is right. another non. <laughs> also something game. I could cheat at, I'm sure. <laughs> Just draw a ladder on the board real yeah. quick. I don't know. You you gotta be you gotta be creative, and that's exactly what Joe Johnson brings. Yeah, to and Joe Johnson's podcast. creative, right? He's a he's a creative veteran. I liked how he um, Quinn keeps talking about what more he can bring besides ISO Joe. Joe Johnson. Yeah, I mean, talks about the defense, talks about the passing, uh, also praises the ISO Joe part of it, right? Like right. he said, there are situations where you get the end of a shot clock and you need that guy who can create a shot and he can create a shot and that's a huge advantage to have. And you know me, I love the gunners, right? Like I, I'm, I'm big into that, but I do think that matters. Like those situations definitely matter. If you have a guy that can do it, you know, 35% of the time when the league's doing it 25% of the time, that's an advantage. Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, next segment, I think we've got a couple more of these. I definitely want to get to these Kevin Garnett stories. Kevin Garnett retired this week, and yeah. just he is a crazy person. Oh, he's insane. And so we're he's gonna, great. We're going to share our favorite Kevin Garnett yeah. stories. Uh, we've also got some championship odds from Ooh. Vegas that we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, all that coming up next on the next segment of the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. Back to the analytics, opinions, and best breakdown of the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you on the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700. Uh, as always, we welcome your tweets on the show. So tweet us at Andy B. Larson or at Talk Hoops uh, if you have any questions for us. We're now into the second hour of the show. We've got more training camp quotes. But honestly, I want to start the segment by talking about Kevin Garnett. Uh, retired this week from the NBA. Uh, 
basically chose not to do his final season with the Minnesota Timberwolves yeah. due to that team's coaching changes. Um, and quite frankly, where he is in his NBA, he career. was going to be like if he played, he's the first player in NBA history to go twenty-two seasons. Wow. Okay. That, I mean, that's that's he, a chance to make history. It, it is. I mean, he worked down. he worked out up until the point where he had to make a decision. Like he was working towards it, and just they said, "Hey, we need a decision." Three days before media day broke, and uh, and he said, I, "All right, I can't do it." Regardless, like uh, he was a, an excellent player. I think. It, oh, he's an all timer. I like, think. Yeah. Was it Kevin Pelton who made the case that he is the best defensive player of all time? Yeah, and uh, Britt Robson, who covers the Timberwolves um, for Min Post in Minneapolis, he's written for SI in the past. Um, just a brilliant guy. He's been around like he's see- like he saw the Celtics play in the '60s. Like okay. he's seen everything, and he's you know maybe a little biased for watching so much of KG's career up close. But he said he's the greatest defender he's ever seen. I think that I mean, like statistically, you can make that case too. I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I he's mean, he's a seven foot one guy. I'm sorry, six foot thirteen guy. <laughs> uh, he doesn't like being called a seven footer. Who played literally defended every position and defended it well. Yeah, I mean, he he really like no one. I don't think anyone's ever defended like he has in terms of that versatility. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not that means more than what Hakeem Olajuwon did or Bill Russell or whatever, like you know, that's up for debate. But I really think you can make that case with Tim Duncan too. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, Tim, Tim Duncan anchored a phenomenal defense year in and year out. Right. Mm-hmm. My way of characterizing with KG is he was the defense. Yeah. You know, like he played with some solid defenders, like Trent Hassel, very good defender. Um, you know, Spree was a solid defender when they played. Uh, he had he had role players here and there, like Irvin Johnson, not Magic, but the other Irvin Johnson. Um, you know, Dean Garrett, like guys who could play with him, but he, I mean, he was really the star defender every time on the floor. And there were years where he didn't have those kind of defenders in his lineup. I mean, like, yeah, I'm, for I'm sure. looking at like 03, 04 when they started Sam Cassell, uh, Oluwakandi, Latrell Sprewell, Wally Serbiak, right? Next to him. You know, like, those are iffy defenders. Yeah. Uh, I like Cassell was pretty good. Um, he saw, I mean, he's a good player, but defensively, like, Zerbiak was not. No, very much not. Uh, Sprewell. Up and down is yeah, like he was solid. Uh, Olo Candy was asleep. Like yeah. he, <laughs> he was not a good defender. So anyway, uh, Kevin Garnett is great. Not only is he great at basketball, he is the craziest person who has ever lived. Based on these stories we're about to tell you, yeah. I mean, just like the the stories that you hear, both that have been put in in print and those that haven't yeah. about who Kevin Garnett is right. are absurd. Uh, do you have a favorite from this list, or should we just start? Should we just start reading? It them? really is the contract one. Um, he's he's 21 years old. He's about to cause the lockout in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> um, and his agent is is just negotiating furiously for months with Glenn Taylor about this contract because after three years he could get out of his contract, and you know you have to p- commit a big amount of money to a 21 year old or lose him in the min- in the Minnesota market, right? And you can't afford to lose Kevin Garnett at 21 in that market and so on the verge of like signing a 126 the biggest contract in NBA history he's with Jimmy Jam who is ends up being his wife's his wife's sister's husband um famous record producer yeah. uh who's producing the Velvet Rope tour or the Velvet Rope album of Janet Jackson uh KG is at Jimmy Jam's house listening to it for the first time like this isn't released yet and his agent is trying to call him saying you got to get to the target center we have to sign this contract and so he's like no i want to listen to this album like don't be an (laughs) idiot come sign this contract it's 126 million dollars so what jimmy jam did was gave him a cd 
of the so he's like driving in sunroof open driving into the arena to sign this contract and like there's like tv cameras and stuff and you can hear it like blasting in his sound system this record that no one's ever heard before and that was more important to him than signing this contract yeah when because he's a crazy because he's crazy yeah he's psychotically <laughs> competitive but he's also like hyper focused on on weird things at times he did uh the time he got on all fours and barked at an opponent he, he did it a couple of times but he did that at jared bayless i think yeah, I, I'm looking at this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Jared Bayless in Portland. Yeah. Uh, why? J- why? I don't. I don't. I have no idea because if you look at the clip, nothing's really happened. No. He just starts barking at him, and Jeff Van Gundy is like, "What is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> Not a thing you can do. Uh, he quote in 2005. He says, "Coffee and Gatorade. It's a hell of a mix. If you're ever tired in the morning, just try that mix and tell me what you think. That's his secret to success: is is coffee and Gatorade." Yeah. That's not a... Never mix those things. Never mix those. That, that sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, yeah. Um, the time where he... Was he... Did he bite? Uh, he bit, at the free throw line? Well, he bit at Joakim Noah That's and he right. bit at Dwight Howard. Okay. Really, the, the Dwight Howard one, it, this isn't even that, but there, he's injured in the 2009 uh, playoff series between the Celtics and the Magic. So he's not playing. And he is annihilating Dwight Howard with trash talk from the sideline. None of it that can be repa- be repeated here. Uh-huh. Uh, but the things that you hear that he said are just unbelievable. <laughs> but he kept repeating one thing that we can repeat over and over, saying, paint your face, clown. Over <laughs> and over. Like, just repeatedly. Every time he's got the ball, every time he's making rotation, whatever. Like, just almost eviscerated Dwight Howard, who, by the way, was like the third best player in the league back then. Yeah. And now he's not. And now so he's it's not. All, it's, <laughs> it's all, all KG's fault. Uh, last year, he said that the young Timberwolves were like putting a bunch of puppies in the bu- in a box and shaking it up and watching the puppies go at it a <laughs> <Right>. little bit. <laughs> I felt I was really worried about that. Um, another so I mean, well, I get he does pups, but right. you don't. He does like dogs though, because at his Minneapolis home back in his heyday with the Timberwolves, uh, he would make sure that they, they basically his basement was this kennel for all the dogs and like this giant open play area for, for the dogs. And he would make sure that every time he played a game, the TV was on in the basement so that they could quote unquote, watch daddy work. <laughs> if, and hopefully not all be in a box. And, yeah. And I, I don't think, I mean, th- these are big dogs, so I don't okay. think they were in a box. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, I mean, obviously there's the anything is possible. Yeah. Uh, Post finals thing. He compared his family and, and friends to a Caesar salad. He's made a lot of weird food analogies. If I was a Caesar salad, sure. Sure, yeah, great start. (laughs) The croutons would be my friends. Yeah. The lettuce would be my family, and the dressing itself would be my mom. Because you can have the the lettuce and the croutons, and it can be called a Caesar, but until you have the dressing and it actually tastes like a Caesar... Now, Cobb salad is a different story. (laughs) (laughs) If I was a Cobb salad... My wife is the lettuce. No, I'm sorry. My daughter is the lettuce. These are his his quotes. Not I'm. Yeah. This is sick, if you will. The S I C in brackets. He's a piece. My of wife work. is the bacon strips. So not the lettuce, just sure. to be clear. My friend Steve is the avocado. Think about how much he's thought about this analogy. <laughs> There's a very real chance that he was just making this up as he goes. But I also kind of think that he's thought about this a lot. Of like, I know what I can tell the reporters next time. Yeah. 
about how <laughs> my family's like a Caesar salad. Really, his problem was Caesar salads don't have enough ingredients for him to get. Right, into he was like, people, "Oh, right? there's like three ingredients in this. How I need, a, I need something else." How about a Cobb salad? So then, talking about Steve as the avocado, Cassell and Tai Lu are each a grape tomato. Sure. Just one <laughs> Tom Gugliotta is the chives and also the hard-boiled eggs. So like, Tom Gugliotta gets both. Hey, he and Googs were tight. All my childhood pets are the cheese, and my mom is, again, the Caesar dressing. Quote, unquote, I ask for Caesar dressing on my <laughs> Cobb salads. Uh, there's also the time, I can't repeat the quotes that he was saying, <laughs> but there's the time that he uh, was watching Making the Band, uh, Puff Daddy's old show about uh, trying to make a band. Yep. And uh, it was when he was trying to make a rap group uh, called Da Band, and uh, <laughs> sure. he punched a hole in the wall because he didn't like that they weren't... Uh, really taking advantage of the opportunity. That's, that show you know, you caught... Can't, you can't punch the, a wall because of making the band? Not related to KG, but they did put out a song with this rapper named Fred who was part of the band once, and he said, uh, look up in the sky, I'm a, I'm a star under the microscope instead of telescope. That was not KG, but that was the rapper from... Okay. So, you know, very serious music career going on here. <laughs> and But KG's pretty upset about it. Oh, he was furious. Uh, it's just that Caesar salad cop it's amazing. salad story. That, that yeah. one's my official favorite. Uh, there's also the time Mason Plumley told a story where uh, he was a rookie on the Nets private jet leaving, and he was one of the first ones on the jet, and he ordered crab cakes. Okay. Um... KG got on the got on there, saw that Mason had food before the veterans, took away the crab cakes and gave them to Reggie Evans and said, rookies don't eat before veterans. Seems reasonable. <laughs> There's also a story Paul do. Pierce told of uh, some like associated doctor with the Celtics team, like not their team doctor, but like a doctor associated with mm-hmm. them uh, was going through like their buffet line in the locker room and KG took his plate out of his hand that had food on it and threw it away <laughs> because he's not a player. Sure. So, there you go. Uh, I also like Doc Rivers' story saying, so when Kevin Garnett was coming back from injury or uh, they were dressing him or something, they he, they wouldn't let him practice. <laughs> right. And so instead of practicing, he just did exactly what Leon Poe did, uh, yeah. the, the backup power forward at right. the time, just copied his but movements mimicked exactly. mimicked him like, yeah, move for move. From the sideline. Yeah. And eventually, <laughs> K- and eventually, Doc Rivers had to cancel the practice right. because KG was still doing all the basketball things just right. on the side, and he just didn't want Kevin Garnett to be hurt. Right. I mean, that's that's KG right there. Um, there's a there's a clip I believe from the Brooklyn game of when he was on the Nets, uh, shouting "I'm good, I'm good" <laughs> over and over for an entire defensive possession. All 24 seconds of this possession, he just shouted that he was good the whole time, saying "Don't help." Which worked. Uh, like, it worked. I mean, he's he was good. Yeah, he, he was right. <laughs> he, they missed the shot. He got the block. I think if I remember I think that so, possession yeah. correctly. Anyway, that's he's my favorite player ever. Like he really is. He, is. Um, I try to be a basketball hipster every once in a while and like go Larry Bird. Uh, and I really do love Larry Bird. I've read every book about him. I've watched every game that is available. Um, but he was also played at the you know the end of his career was kind of like when i was like eight right okay. like eight nine ten so i didn't really watch a whole like i watched whatever national game was on and yeah I, and i've done the homework since but really like kg's the guy never I've got to see him grown, in person right kg's the guy i've grown up with and uh and i just like i get all the reasons people don't like him it's those are all the reasons i love him he's yeah, great because i mean he he never did those things to you right exactly <laughs> uh, and he's just like he's 
I, there's something I get. I have this appreciation for with these guys that are psychotically competitive, like him, Kobe, Michael Jordan, Chris Paul. Like all these guys are like insanely competitive in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. And I, for whatever reason, I love that. Speaking of good stories, I want to play. Uh, well, let me ask: Do we have the Boris Dial quote uh, from today's interview? We do. Okay, let's go ahead and play that because that's another solid NBA story, okay. and it's a good segue. Uh, Boris Diaw is known for this story, first reported on Mark Stein profile of him in 2014, yeah. where he, still with the Phoenix Suns, walks into their practice where they're working out draft prospects, uh, kind of looks at the vertical mach- the vertical thing where they've got all the they're measuring the, 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 the jump. Measuring, yeah, exactly. So you jump to see how high you go by how many bars you touch at the top. Everyone's yeah. seen this in right. NFL or NBA draft, whatever. Uh, and so... Dia walks into the practice facility with flip-flops and a cappuccino in his hand and takes off the flip-flops, clears all of it at the first try, beats yeah. Amari's record. Uh, Amari Sotomayor, obviously a very good yeah. jumper, and then leaves and says, that was not hard. <laughs> <laughs> we asked him about that story today. You know, this is kind of our first opportunity to talk to him in, in kind of a scrum setting, and this is what he said. I don't. I think it was a cappuccino. <laughs> I don't think it was a coffee. So it's kind of a legend. Um, I remember that day. I don't know if I set up a record, um, but I remember yeah being in flip flops with a coffee in my hand um, and jumping. And it was other guys uh, doing uh, physicals or doing uh, tryouts for the draft. Um, so maybe I beat the record of the guys that were hit that day. I don't remember anybody that day saying oh that was the record of Amari that you beat but I remember jumping that day and getting a couple are you still that athletic no <laughs> <laughs> obviously no that was a while ago I don't know if maybe you're hiding something or no back. well I got some but usually you see like twice 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 a month maybe I'm <laughs> gonna get a block or something and I can be like oh where is that from you'll see it happens every now and then He's great. I lo- I really love him. Uh, he w- and like I don't. I guess a lot of people know by now, but like people kind of forget that he came into the league as like a six eight point guard yeah. with the Hawks. Yeah, like he was this like kind of svelte, athletic guy who could really do it all. Right. Um, gained a little bit of weight in his time, as most people do. <laughs> and he it freely admits it. You yeah. Know, I asked him if he still is athletic, and it was it was very clear. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Derek said, you know, Derek Favors on Media Day said, you know, he's quicker and faster than he looks. That and that Tony Jones said the same thing that uh, Tony Jones is also quicker and faster than than he looks. Sure. So uh, <laughs> it's not a great comparison yeah. overall. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not very kind to Boris. I, I don't think he was pleased to hear that from his teammate. <laughs> Probably not. All right. Uh, I I just wanted to. NBA, the NBA is fantastic. NBA is the greatest. I like. I get that people can gamble on the NFL and everything. The NBA is the greatest. There, there aren't stories like this. No, in in the NFL. No, I get bad stories in the NFL. Baseball stories are, are okay. Baseball stories are wildly inappropriate, but awesome. Yeah, <laughs> especially if they involve Greg Maddox. Okay. Yeah. Really uh, disgusting prankster. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Google Greg Maddox? Question mark Are we telling our listeners to do that? Yeah, it's nothing's Don't not Google suitable Evan, for work. Evan Fournier. Just Definitely don't do that. Greg Maddox, Make, yes. Get that Fournier, first name no. in there if you're going to do it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, championship odds. I think these were a, a little bit interesting. This is so insane to me. There are 
there are some crazy odds here. First of all, the Warriors are obviously your favorite to win the 16-17 championship. Four to five odds, which means... Not insane to me. I get that They're more likely than not to win the, the title, which right. I think is realistic for a team with Steph and Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Right. And, you know, Andre Iguodala, yeah. Near All-Star. He's right. going to be an All-Star. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going to get the votes this year. Uh, yeah. Cleveland Cavs, three to one odds. Spurs, nine to one odds. Okay. After that, it gets weird to me. Yeah. The fourth most likely team, according to the odds makers, are the Boston Celtics at 18 to one. All right. This is really just an East thing. It's got to be. Like, yeah, just too because, many people putting money on it. Right. Because with the, with the other West teams, it's. Well, it's not just if the Warriors get hurt, like the Spurs okay. have to get hurt too, or whatever. Like the couple teams have to fall before. Like if you're the Celtics, the only team that has to fall in the East is is the Cavs. Mm-hmm. And then you're in the finals essentially, right? And then I guess it technically could be a coin flip, but probably not. Um, but yeah, like the Celtics team's not going to win the championship. But like why are, why are the Celtics at 18 to 1 and the Bulls are at 40 to 1? Well, the Bulls should not be that high. The Bulls should not be that high at all. The Raptors are 40 to 1. Let's let's do that. Yeah, one. like to me that would be the same amount of odds, right? Or yeah. maybe this is a market so, thing where they they're doing this to get the Boston fans to bet this, ah, right? Cuz they're going to win the money. Right. Like okay. that's I like I don't think they're but saying that's that, not the way it should work. Well, there no, should be uh, lower odds, right? You no, should be like uh, I don't, you can't go too low though. They're not going to win. It doesn't matter how. <laughs> I don't know. LeBron James like you know goes back to his home planet or something. Like anything sure. could happen. And then and then all like what happens when they have to face a Western Conference team? I don't know. Steph Curry like gets caught in his bad shoes or something. Okay, Kevin they still Dur- have Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, uh, you know, breaks his foot again. Okay. Clay Thompson, you know, but he has to do those things like right before the finals because otherwise they don't make. Yeah, it like the in finals. that in that week between. Which I mean is the conference honestly kind of what finals. happened this year. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but, so maybe it's not crazy. Yeah, I think it's a little bit insane that's insane. eighteen to one. I think it's insane the Bulls are forty to one considering I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, seriously, uh, that's that's a crazy one. Yeah, and then uh, you've got the Pacers at sixty-six to one, uh, tied with the Knicks, another team that's not. Here, gonna make all right, the playoffs. here's here's the offensive thing. The Knicks, the Pacers, and the Timberwolves are all sixty-six to one. Uh-huh. The Utah Jazz are a hundred to one. Why? How? This makes no sense to me. No. I I mean I guess technically, all right, Pacers have Paul George and they're in the East, and I guess if the I, I guess if the Cavs Pacers maybe quit. Uh, okay. Even then, like I don't know that they're gonna beat the Raptors or the or the Celtics, but all right, like I guess I can sort of see Do that. Do you use that same the logic Knicks, for the Knicks? No, they suck. Yeah, I I don't. Who I are don't, their three best bench players? Brandon Jennings, Brandon Jennings or I guess maybe Derrick Rose, depending on who you think is going to start <laughs> by the end of the season. Uh, Brandon is. Jennings, Lance Thomas, Kylo Quinn. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. team's winning the championship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sixty-six to one odds. And they're not even going to give the ball to Chris Tapps Porzingis. No. And who's their play second best player? Forward, right. Which uh, best? Maybe it's small forward. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that team's not going to be good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do they have an improved coaching situation over last year? I like Jeff Hornacek. Yeah, I mean, he says they're going to push the ball, which I think is – I think that's sort of how we talked with the Jazz. Like, I think it's smart for the the Knicks to – let's say they get stops defensively uh, – to, <laughs> to use Derrick Rose to push the ball, right? Like, he's still fast. Okay. He's he's probably not is good he? anymore, but he yeah, he's still fast. He's still faster than most NBA players. Okay. You push the ball up the floor. Maybe you get a layup. If you don't, maybe you create those mismatches, and then you go into the triangle. Okay. Right? Because they have to run the triangle. Like, 
for some b- reason. By the way, today Derek Rose said that one, the triangle is complicated, which <laughs> I'm shocked a guy who had to pay someone to take his SATs allegedly, uh, you know, is confounded by the triangle offense. Do we still have to say allegedly? I don't know. I, I kind of think they got stuff taken away at Memphis, so it's okay. probably legit, but I'm just going to make sure we don't get sued. Uh, and then, um, and then he Gross also has got a bunch of other legal difficulties. Right yeah, now. I think not his biggest problem right now. <laughs> um, and then, and then he also said that uh, they weren't passing the ball into the post enough. So Phil Jackson came down into the practice and oh, like no. was grumpy oh. and tried to like teach them stuff. So Jeff Hornacek already teach being him, like, usurped. Entry passes. I guess so. Oh boy. So this is gonna go great. Uh, Which is unfortunate. Like I'm one. Why of the is f- Phil Jackson showing Derrick Rose how to entry pass? I don't know. I mean, I get that like Phil played in the NBA. If you're Jeff Hornacek, you're just like. As long as that check clears <laughs> twice twice a month, right? Like you're just like whatever. It's good money. So far, so far. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, just I, don't do what Derek Fisher did, and you'll right. You'll be employed, right? Exactly. Like he's he's a good man. At yeah, least. exactly. Like, he's probably not gonna get in a fight with Matt Barnes. Right or stuff. I yeah. I'm just <laughs> gonna <laughs> stop myself from saying <laughs> right Alleged, now. <laughs> allegedly, Google Derek Fisher <laughs> and teammates. <laughs> Google. See what happens if you Google Derek Fisher and Greg Maddox together. <laughs> I think your computer will set on fire. <laughs> there are a whole bunch of teams like the Blazers are at seventy-five to one, uh, and then everyone yeah. else like uh, at there are ten teams at a hundred to one. That's not quite true. I think what is it? Nine teams. Nine in nine or eight teams. Yeah. Um, like the Hawks should be at a more than a hundred to one, right? Uh, in the same uh, Pacers way. No. I okay. I don't know. I mean, I like the Hawks. I think they'll be fine, but they're not the, winning a title. The Heat. Odds have gone down significantly, which makes sense because yeah. they're not. Because Hassan Whiteside's their best player now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's <Yikes>. a problem. <laughs> well, lead you to a title. Uh, Pellies are at 100 to have 1. Have you seen Jazz the Heat? are at 100 to have 1. Have you seen the, the Heat's uh, power forward depth chart? No. So here are the three guys competing for power. Or no, there are four guys competing for power forward minutes. For like the starter now? Yeah. Okay. Josh McRoberts. McBob. Who I think has a broken foot. Well, or a hurt foot at least. Derek Williams. Not okay. any good. No. <laughs> Udonis Haslam. I Very can't old. believe he's still around. Right. And uh, James Johnson. Okay. Yeah. That's better than the Jazz's point guard rotation was last year. I don't know about that. You don't think so? Uh, I think you have four really bad NBA players right now. <laughs> I think McRoberts, if he's healthy, is good, but he's not healthy. Okay. And yeah. He's never healthy. I. Uh, yeah. It's bad. It's real bad. It's not. <laughs> I don't think it's the worst position in the league. Uh, but it, it's bad. Yeah, it's probably something Lakers. <laughs> yeah, something right. Lakers. Sun small forward spot. Oh yeah. Uh, Sixers shooting guards. Yeah, Gerald Henderson Sixers or Nick Stauskas. Yeah, Yeesh. it's not great. No. Anyway, that's the fun like off the top of our head <laughs> list of bad. The entire Nets roster. Like we didn't. Ooh yeah, Nets power forward. We haven't talked about that Nets photo yet, by the way. Which is. Just... <laughs> I think that's unfair. <laughs> I really do. That's not their starters. No, but why they take the picture? Why? Why were those guys standing together? Excellent question. <laughs> I don't know. Are they trying to start like a Nets bench mob sort of thing? I really hope that's like their promotional thing for season ticket packages. <laughs> it's gonna be on a season ticket somewhere. Just. Hey, if you honey, can this... name four of these guys, you get fifty percent off <laughs> your season tickets. Uh, Nets cheaps are cheap. Te- next Nets tickets are cheap as is. They should be. <laughs> the shoot- that team's bad. <laughs> not, I went down there to last year. Like yeah. we we got into the Nets Thunder game for like fifteen bucks each. Yeah. Which, NBA game. Yeah, NBA with Kevin Durant. Yeah. Involved. Russell Westbrook. Not bad. Nobody wants to watch that team. Brooke Lopez. <laughs> also, <Bernard> Lopez. 
<laughs> all right, we got to take a break. On the other side, we're going all the news and notes from around the association. Lots of stuff because it's everybody's first week Everyone's got camp. stuff. Uh, all that next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. The home of the best Utah jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, we're changing up the Around the NBA sounder. I mean, I guess we could still play it too, but this is this is fine. I like this. This is great. Yeah. He's saying Around the NBA in the lyrics. Yeah. Just Around the NBA. Yeah. Salt City. I, I wish I could rap because then I would I would rap uh, what I have to say. In my... College days when I was really young and stupid and Eight Mile was out. Okay, I would say that I lived in a suite, and we we did do rap battles. Okay, I wasn't bad. I wasn't good though. That I, skill. I was that... always good for one really mean line mm. to whoever I was going against, but like getting there was a little rough. <laughs> that's, that's fair though. Yeah, what, what I would say I really always ask? had the better the better haymaker. Okay, but I probably took more punches than I should. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Uh. Let's go. Let's go around the NBA. Talk Do about it. everything going on around the association. First of all, let's start with the defending champion Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, that's still missing their starting shooting guard, J.R. Smith. Yeah, um, I don't think people. No, that's not true. People realize this, but like how much better he is than Iman Shumpert, even defensively. Mm-hmm. Like when you factor all that in, like J.R. was awesome for them last year. One of the best three point shooters in NBA history. Um, I apparently they're they're good on the money. It's just the length of the deal, really, that is the problem. But I think he's going to get like fifteen million a year, which Iman got ten. Yeah, he should I, get more. I think he should get more. Yeah. And it's you know, you guys just won the championship. Yeah, he's good. He's actually a perfect fit next to LeBron. In terms yeah, for of his sure. Skill set and LeBron loves him and believes in him and is kind of like and is making videos embarrassing the team. Right, exactly. Get signs. <laughs> right, like. They should probably just get it done. I get it. Like, they have so much money and salaries yeah. now that the luxury tax is huge. But Maybe this doesn't include J.R. Smith's impending salary, but I think Portland has the highest payroll in the league right now. Really? Yeah. That's Cleveland's weird. second. Okay. Um, but I don't, I, again, I don't think that. That, in, that doesn't include a player not right. under contract. Right. Makes sense. Because we don't know how much money it is. Right, exactly. Uh, Steph said he wants to re-sign with the Warriors next year, Steph Curry. Uh, I'm shocked. So that's obviously no one's surprised, but it's good to hear, uh, yeah. I guess, good if you're a Warriors fan to hear that he's going to be staying there. Right. right. I like. I don't it. know. Kevin Durant wanted to re-sign with the Thunder. That's How'd true. How'd that work out? Uh, well, he was riding his bike and listening to some songs <laughs> and changed his mind. Yeah, apparently. Uh, <laughs> we know. Uh, uh, this NBA hackathon is kind of fun, actually. So okay. the NBA held a, I, I, I don't know, have you heard about this at all? Or no, I actually anything? haven't. So basically the league wanted to hold this hackathon idea, uh, where they got all these statisticians and computer science students and, and basically NBA basketball nerds together and gave them a challenge on to do something basketball analytics oriented. So basically the teams, they created teams of two or three, uh, and then were given three main topics that they could choose between. So they could either figure out a new uh, defensive performance analytic. Okay. They could figure out a tool to evaluate whether or not a team should take a timeout, either offensively Ooh. or defensively. Okay. As, you know, like, because you lose something on, in terms of getting something set up. Yeah. But 
you also lose the I'm pace a bi- of the I'm flow a big of the fan game. of I'm a big fan of the no timeout. No time yeah. yeah, I mean huge fan. And being able to put a number to that would be pretty useful for a coach to yeah. know whether or not that was the right move. Absolutely. Obviously advancing the ball is a good thing too. Yeah. But anyway. Or option three is to build a tool or model to predict the outcome of shots attempted. So okay. you say, look, Kevin Martin's taking a fifteen foot shot uh with Kevin Durant guarding him <laughs> from five feet away. How, yeah. What's the likelihood of the shot going in, yeah. right? Like, and finding a model for that. So uh, there were 60 different teams, and they all worked on one of these different topics for eight hours. And then these judges, uh, including Celtics assistant general manager Mike Zarin, Zarin uh, and ESPN Zach Lowe, got together and judged which of these models and and tools were the best okay in the end a uh, team one that figured out whether or not uh hero ball was a good thing for any team in the playoffs you know how i feel i say yes yes uh what did they there's say no answer oh. actually in this article which is disappointing uh we'll just assume it's yes <laughs> the answer is yes <laughs> the team was was the toronto raptors uh, <laughs> right <laughs> Out on out on the Raptors. Oh wow! No, I, I actually like the Raptors. I'm out on watching that Raptors Heat series ever again. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, there's also an, another team that looked at defensive versatility, which I think is interesting. Seeing like what additional value someone like Draymond Green has, who can defend multiple positions. Uh, and all, all in all, it seemed like a really cool event. It's not like an annual thing so far, but it sounds like they Could want be. to an, you know, sort of to- sort of Sloanish. Yeah. Like the Sloan Analytics Conference? Yeah, although honestly, this sounds a lot better than Sloan. In yeah, terms it of, sounds way better. Like actually doing stuff. Yeah, Sloan's out. Sloan, Sloan is very out. Yeah. Sloan has become a lot of Shane Battier talking. Which I love Shane Battier talking. Uh, see, and like... Oh, you don't. I, I That's not what I go to Sloan for. Okay. What I go to Sloan for is this kind of stuff. Like sure. new ideas, talking with new people. Not like Shane Battier trying to explain like how he guards players. Yeah, we've already heard that. We, right? yeah, yeah, we've we've heard that before. We right. can hear it on his broadcast. Sure, we we know. Uh, Any conversation that he has with Tom Haverstrow that gets published, it's all in there. Yeah, which is you know, which is great. But it, yeah. it, it, they're just alternative things, right? Uh, ways we can hear. It. And same with Jeff Van Gundy, honestly. Like, yeah, I've heard the Bonzi Wells' lazy story a lot. Yeah. right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we we're good on that it's one. A, it's a, it's a good story. I enjoy right. hearing it. But it's just you know, yeah. if I'm gonna fly somewhere and go to a conference, right. And, care about math all day then i mean right. i love math but sure anyway, <laughs> i'm a weird person that's the nba hack- hackathon moving moving on to actual nba news uh the heat and chris bosh they haven't officially waived him yet but right. pat riley said that he will not be returning to the heat and they're no longer chasing him right to return to the heat they're not making any efforts in that direction right they want the i mean they want him to be safe right they right. want to be healthy but they also would like that money to come off the books in february yes so, in the meantime, Chris Bosch kind of seems like he's out of luck, right? Under contract. There's nothing he can do. Yeah. Yeah. There's really. In, until he's released or whatever, like, there's really nothing he can do. Uh, Paul Pierce says he'll play one more season in the NBA. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's at least he's still around, I guess. Is, uh, yeah, is one way to look at it. He's still there. Vince Carter? Uh, he wants to play two. I, I love it. This this one and the next one. Love it. Yeah. I, that he's the one that is still around is shocking, actually. Yeah. About like where those players were still pretty good 12 years ago. Like for yeah. his role, what he's asked to do, yeah. he's still pretty solid. Uh, Anthony Davis grew another inch. No, he didn't. No. He's no. Team doctor say he did. No. He says he's 6'11 now. Okay. When he was measured at the draft combine or whatever his draft measurements on Draft Express are from, he was 6'10 and a half. Oh, we have heard every year that he has gotten taller. 
He's been in the league since 2012. Something he's, doesn't add up. He's been 6'11. Maybe he's going up an eighth of an inch a year. No. <laughs> no. He did not get taller. He's been this tall. Regardless, he doesn't like being 6'11 anyway. He says he's too used to calling, telling people he's 6'10 and doesn't like What does the idea. that even mean? No. No. This is ridiculous. <laughs> You're so mad about this. I am mad about this. I think it's ridiculous. He didn't grow. He's been this height for like three Why years. He, he's telling people. He's just what? He's just trying this to get. Is, this is his fault. This is his fault. I look, I'm not going to call him a liar, but he's not telling the truth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm just not buying it. Okay. He's been six eleven. Now maybe he's actually like Kevin Garnett seven one and he doesn't want to be called a seven footer. So he's saying he grew to six eleven so hedging. Yeah. I think that's a likelihood. Okay. But don't call, don't come telling me you're now six eleven. You've been six eleven. Okay. It's fair. Minimum. <laughs> it's fair. Uh, Stan Van Gundy is setting Andre Drummond up on this virtual reality equipment that's going to make him shoot free throws better. I, I like guess, it. Like, What's the, what the harm does it do? None. He can't be worse. He can't. I literally can't be worse. He's 35%. Still want him to go Onwaku style and go underhand. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not convinced that that I don't think anything. it'll make a difference, but, <laughs> but at like, least it's it'll entertaining. be more entertaining. Sure. Yeah. He will be bricking free throws in yeah. a different way. Like, ever watch him throw up a hook shot? What makes you think he's going to have more touch with under, underhand? Uh... He does through no now, two-handed hook shots. That's that's pretty tricky. Now, if yeah, if you go underhand hook shot, I'm into that. I like it. I think that's just called a finger roll, actually. <laughs> well, unless you're if you're facing the basket, yeah. But if you're not facing the basket, right. you just do one of these. Okay, it's not it's not a finger roll. Yeah, it's more of a sky hook. Yeah, but from, right. from down low, I still. But want yeah, it you got to start like by the knee <laughs> or something. Yeah, or, or just both hands. Right, but yeah, go virtual reality. They're doing wonders with that stuff these days. Yeah, I hear. <laughs> I don't know where or I don't when. know. It's some Samsung thing you can buy. I know yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. My brother has one of those. It's, okay. Maybe he's a better free throw shooter now. <laughs> we'll Let's bring Casey Larson on the yeah. show to find out. Yeah. He's our guest next week. <laughs> uh, Greg Monroe has learned learned that he's going to be bring coming off the bench this season from the media uh, rather than Jason Kidd. Yeah, that's my favorite part, thing from Media Day is that Jason Kidd told the media that Greg Monroe was going to come off the bench this year, and then the media asked him about it, and he said, that's news to me. I hadn't heard this. That's not a good way to learn Love that. Love it. No, that's, that's great. <laughs> I'm in on that. Yikes. Uh, this can't be a true story. This is the one that I called out as, as players lying to us. Okay. When Victor Oladipo has trouble getting to sleep, he says he calls Russell Westbrook, who then sings him a lullaby. I 100% believe this. <laughs> 100%. Oh, what what does he sing him like? Whatever. Have you seen his his Snapchat or his Instagram? Like yeah. he's he's singing everything. Yeah, I, I I'm not falling asleep to that. I don't, I don't. I'm sure he has got a wide range of what he can do. Okay. Yeah. Man, you're I right. mean, Maybe I don't I'm, think he's a good singer. Actually, I don't believe that. When have you seen Russell Westbrook be like a quiet, calm person? Like I've seen him be a quiet, angry person. Oh. Okay. But maybe these are angry not... lullabies. <laughs> <laughs> not a good thing for Or we could just sleep. invent an angry lullaby. Yeah. I, make millions. I'm I'm skeptical. Uh anyway. That's, that's I'm a, I know, I buy it one hundred percent. I don't buy the Anthony Davis garbage. I, I buy that like he's probably grown <laughs> some. I don't know. He's maybe he's too old for it. He's way too old. He's like twenty something. I don't know, twenty four. Twenty three. Yeah. Twenty two. He's one of those. All right. Yeah. Well, we gotta take a break. We've got more of the Salt City Hoop Show. Our last segment coming up next right here on ESPN 700. Dream trades, uniforms, and everything else the NBA can throw at us. Are you in or are you out? We'll decide now on Salt City Hoops. Welcome back into the show. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you. 
Uh, I am out on this comment on my KSL oh, article. All right. I'm I'm out on most of KSL commenters. Let's be Hit let's be it. honest about it. Why does it even matter? All of the Jazz practice notes. Since the Jazz arrived in Utah in 1991, they have yet to deliver the title, capital T on the title. Since they arrived in 1991? That's not true. Yeah. Yeah, that seems <laughs> inaccurate to me. Uh, the Yeah, that the arena was built in 1991. Okay. They were still here. <laughs> feel like they were, right? <laughs> what, 15 years before yeah, that? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, back in New Orleans, they may have done better. The current management is a complete joke, to say the least. I don't agree with any of that. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. So, yeah. hot takes. There's a question. Mm-hmm. What are the odds that this is Dennis Lindsay just bored? <laughs> uh, zero? I don't know. <laughs> pretty, pretty low. If I was an NBA GM, I think I would be like an egg avatar. I like just oh, pepper, sure. just peppering writers telling there, them how, they're idiots. There are a lot of NBA GMs who are on Twitter as egg avatars. And Scouts just, too. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Just yeah. follow people and then don't say a word. Or right. There's not. I don't think there's a lot of talking back. Oh man, that's all I'd do. Because they they have PR departments to do that, right? Like, like yeah, the, but the they wouldn't say the they wouldn't the say, hey, by the way, this is Sam Presti. I don't agree with that assessment. It would be like, you know. Thunder fan 09. Right. Absolutely. Egg avatar saying, hey, you're an idiot. Yeah. Right. That's what I would do. <laughs> With, you're an idiot, Y-O-U-R. Right. Like, do, it, do it as badly as possible. I want, instead of the, the Y-O-U-R mistake, I want someone going Y-O-R-E. The your. <laughs> the idiot of, your. of, you're the idiot of your. <laughs> I like it. That's what I want. I think that. Someone I mean, make that a thing. That That's a great, especially if you're talking to like an old person. It's great. Yeah. All right. Anyway, in or out, let's do this real quick. Let's do it. Uh, just some like uh, things coming out of media training camps. Yeah. Or, or the media first week. Camps, media day training camp. Right. There we go. Blake Griffin wants to shoot threes. I've heard this for the past three years. I, I'm fine. He's with a good jump. He's a good jump shooter. I'm out because I just don't think he's going to do it. Oh, like I think he will. Uh, if he, he does it, I'm in. But he's I just taking some threes. We've heard this for three years. Like he, that, he's working on his three point shot. Like, well, when he starts taking them, I'll be like, in. Every player is working on their three point right. shot. Rudy Gobert is working on his right. Three point exactly. Shot. I just uh, don't think. I don't think like over under eighty two threes for for Blake Griffin this year. Under. Yeah, way under. Uh, for, yeah, eighty two makes. No, eighty two attempts. Oh, I'll, I'll take over eighty two attempts. His most ever in a year is forty four. Yeah, he's not doing that. I think I think it gets to eighty two. I I'd be shocked if he cracks fifty. Yeah, that's the thing. This is a whole Kevin Love, you know. Everyone's jealous of Kevin Love now. Hey, he's a champion. Yep. Lockdown, Steph Curry. Speaking of the Clippers, they want to play faster. Allegedly, uh, I'm out on this. I'm Every in team a, says they want to yeah, play faster. I'm in on the idea. You have Chris Paul as your point guard, and he walks the dog, which is when you see someone rolling the ball up the floor, uh-huh. and the shot clock hasn't started yet because they haven't touched it yet. That's called walking the dog. Okay. Chris Paul does this. Almost every possession. Yeah. They're just not going to do it. Yeah. He, he Just he likes that too much. He likes it too much. He's too much of a control freak. Doc Rivers trusts him. Like maybe when Chris isn't in the game, yeah, they play a little faster with Austin Rivers, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. I also just don't think they have the personnel, right? right like exactly. Other than Blake. Yeah. There's... And DeAndre, but like that's right. just for running, right? Yeah. If, if DeAndre is getting the ball and, or uh, sorry, if Blake's getting the ball in transition, he can actually do stuff. Yeah. He can it. do a lot. Uh, he can hit threes. Everybody else though, I don't like it. Right. And he can't hit. <laughs> you're, just, <laughs> you're confusing me with your takes. Uh, John Stockton is helping point guards in Milwaukee. That, I did not expect to see that come across my timeline yesterday. Here's the problem. The point guard in Milwaukee to help is Michael Carter-Williams, who sucks. Yeah. 
So. Exactly. Like why? And uh, I was going to say Tyler Ennis, but he's not. No, even he's on gone. That team they traded him for Michael Beasley. <laughs> well, maybe he's helping Michael Beasley. All right, that's, I'm in on that. I'm in. I'm <laughs> way in on that movie. Yeah, John Michael St- Beasley and John Stockton hanging out together for even 40 minutes. I'm in on that. 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take anything. <laughs> Um, 40 seconds I'd, yeah. I would just watch yeah just a conversation my favorite thing was uh, my interaction with Michael Beasley well the one that I can tell is uh, <laughs> is I asked him in Minnesota he had an iPad and this was like when iPads were newer Okay. and I was thinking of getting one and I said okay. oh you have an iPad like do you like it I'm thinking of getting one he's like yeah and I said what do you do with it and he said I play Angry Birds I was like oh cool what else do you do he goes no it's just for Angry Birds <laughs> it's my Angry Birds so there iPad. you go does he have another one for like? He might have another one where he's like, "This one's for books," and then like, no. "This one's for Netflix." Like, I don't know. Don't have books. Yeah. Don't, let's not get too crazy. Uh, oh, idea for Apple, billion dollar idea. Okay. Uh, pop up books on iPads. Possible. 3D. How could that? I mean, I, they have all like right. The this Nintendo is Nintendo 3DS, how, right? Like where yeah. the the kind of come becomes 3D. Those sure. Are cool. Yeah. Like Just I don't pop up books. I don't know how how effective pop-up books are in today's thing but you know they very yeah I'm sure they are sure any, any i i would some uh, adult coloring books are a thing adult pop-up books yeah they have like the the rap coloring book right what if oh yeah i forgot about yeah. that yeah yeah serrano's books got pop-ups yeah. uh i want like a free darko book to have pop-ups that'd yeah be that'd be great uh anyway i'm out on john stockton helping point guards in i'm out on the milwaukee point guards i like delavadova but michael carter williams is terrible yeah uh is that is that the time maybe Delhi, Gonzaga, oh. the West Coast Conference? Yeah. So where where do you go? St. Mary's. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably just a Jason Kidd thing. Still, that's a weird tie too because right. I didn't know that they were friends other than point guards in the same era. You know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, should be in Utah helping Dante Exum and oh, hot take. Just John saying. Stockton hates the Jazz. Yes. <laughs> 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 Known Jazz hater John Stockton. <laughs> Uh, Carl Malone was the Jazz's big man coach for like a week and a half. Okay, and then you know went fitch- fishing, but yeah, it's it's been it's fun. always funny. It's like, fun. hey, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is working with Andrew Bynum. It's like, okay, how do we know he's a good coach? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Coaching and playing are very different. Very things. different things. Stockton, I feel like, could be someone who could be good at it because he was so cerebral. Like those yeah. smart point guards are the play- are the guys who seem how to be you, good coaches. How right? do you teach a point guard to have massive hands like that, though? That's true. I, mean, I just don't like. But again, Quinn Snyder, good coach, massive hands, good point guard. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Is he a good point guard? Uh huh. College point guard, yeah. Pro- I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah, okay, fair point. Yeah. Not the best, you know, not the... He's not playing guy. now. Right. Not playing now. <laughs> <laughs> It's too old. It's, it's a hot Quinn Snyder take. It's a hot Quinn Snyder take. <laughs> That's what, tomorrow, I'm going to practice. I'm going to say, Quinn, why aren't you playing today? <laughs> you know, you... You're supposed to be, be this great... There. You're supposed to be this great college legendary point guard. I heard you were According good. to Andy Larson. <laughs> why aren't you playing? Uh, Ty Lue wants Kevin Garnett, recently retired, to be an assistant on the Cavs. I'm in on KG helping people. I'm out on him coaching because he's never going to coach. I'm I'm in on him coaching. I'm, I'm in, in on him on just being around. Coach. Yeah. Uh, maybe have him be like Tim Duncan and be be the coach of anything he wants to be. Yeah, but I, someone asked him before last season with the Timberwolves. I like asked him about coaching, and he, and he gave a very emphatic "heck no," but with other letters. Other le- letters, yeah. yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, first two letters or last two letters changed? Probably, I think, both. Okay. <laughs> Using both of the words. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, we've only got a minute left in the show, but just a heads up for making it this far. Ooh. There's a secret jazz event happening tomorrow. 
Uh, so look out watch for that. Watch out for yeah. jazz event things happening on your timeline. Both you and I will be there. Yeah. I guess that's what we'll say, and it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Follow us on Twitter to find out more details. Andy B. Larson, talk oops. How about that? <laughs> that's that's marketing. And heck, while we're while we're doing some marketing, yeah. remember you can always read SaltCityHoops.com articles. Yeah. We've got we've got these awesome um, staff scrimmages is what we're calling them, where we get five guys together, kind of doing the M- the ESPN NBA five by five thing. Yeah. Um, on Salt City Hoops, we've done four of them so far, and one more coming out tomorrow, I believe. And then, uh, of course, if you missed any part of the show that you want to listen to, we're here. You can always, well, we, we are currently here <laughs> now for the next 30 <laughs> seconds, but you can listen to us as a podcast later on iTunes and Stitcher, yeah. on ESPN700sports.com. That's where it gets uploaded first, and then we upload it to saltcityhoops.com as soon as I can. Here's uh, what I recommend subscribe, five star review. Yeah. I'll and d- never miss an episode. <laughs> and uh, send us money. Send us money. Sponsor the show. Sponsor We're the show. We, we also take food sponsorships. Yep. LASIK. Any, any kind of bribe. <laughs> yeah. You can fix Andy's eyes. He wears glasses. He needs LASIK. <laughs> We're <up for> <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're doing some good marketing. I like shoes. If you want to send some shoes. <laughs> oh yeah, just anything you want. All right, that's the end of the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's Andy Larson, Zach Harper signing out on the Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700.